0: Welcome back to the Two Butt Review. This is issue number two, Buttheads. In issue number one of the Two Butt Rule, we mentioned the phenomenon of innovation theater. It rises from a no buts policy. Before we proceed with tips on how to sculpt a well-formed butt, there's a little more on why the no butt policy police are killing your ability to innovate and turning your corporate culture into a disengaged high school classroom. Innovation Inertia Try forcing any group of employees to participate in a brainstorm or other innovation workshop, and then watch closely for the eye-rolling. Some are better than others at hiding it, but only the most Pollyanna-like pusher of positivity can fail to see it. These hardcore optimists believe that the hapless employees remain in the session because they like it, not because it's hard to walk out after you've removed their butts. Harvard Business Review cites research showing that while innovation is a perennial top priority for C-level executives, the prospect is terrifying for rank-and-file employees. Fewer than 25% of surveyed employees aged 35-45 to think positively about the prospect of participating in innovation programs. The management consulting firm McKinsey regularly conducts surveys of how corporate executives feel about their innovation programs. The results range from abysmal to muted disappointment. And other studies have shown that big innovation programs at companies tend to live about two to four years before getting shut down. This is the case even though it's also well established that new corporate ventures take seven years or more to mature into viable businesses that move the earnings needle. This vicious cycle results in a culture of cynicism that makes it even harder for the next idea to find purchase in the parched soil of a jaded organization. Part 2. Anyone? Anyone? Imposing too many ill-conceived innovation exercises on employees, and also on yourself, is like that gym membership you're thinking about getting for the tenth time. Somewhere inside you is a toxic mix of too little hope and too much loathing at the prospect of canceling it after rarely having gone. Fool me once, shame on you, you say to yourself. Fool me a dozen times, shame on me. The culture-killing scourge of lazy and poorly conceived idea mining invades the organization through grand programs and the cumulative effect of everyday team meetings. You know the ones. A manager asks for ideas and gets back a cocktail of nada, zilch, spilkus. Then the agony is punctuated by that one guy who's going to ruin everyone's day by chiming in. Management then praises their half-baked idea while letting it die on the vine of positive, but inert, reinforcement. Eventually, even the hand-racer stops taking the bait, and meetings become reminiscent of Ben Stein's classroom in the movie Ferris Bueller as he asks his drooling high school students to answer questions, futilely repeating, anyone? Anyone? Part 3. One-butt guy's mistake. About the only thing worse than the above scenario is when Handraiser is followed by someone else with the audacity to challenge their idea. On the bright side, everyone is now alert. Even the guy drooling on his desk perks up. Why? Action. The chance, finally, for some forward momentum. Except for one thing. Everybody hates the butthead who just made the meeting even longer. To be clear, butthead's mistake wasn't that he engaged in the conversation. It was that he only offered a single butt. But that won't work. Mic drop. Momentum crushed. The life of one-butt guy is a tough one. He's habituated to challenging others' ideas and that has made him either a barely-tolerated team irritant or an outright pariah. The boss keeps him around to break up the monotony and stir the pot until he oversteps. The halls of mental health practitioners must be filled with buttheads. It's stressful being on the outside looking in, especially when the urge wells up to buck groupthink and point out the obvious flaws in a plan. This is a gross waste of talent. One butt guy might be annoying, but they're more valuable and far less pernicious than the no-but-policy police. This is not to say that there is no place for withholding judgment momentarily while a new idea is forming, and people should absolutely feel safe forming those ideas out loud. But in a social environment where it's unsafe to speak negatively about anything, the no-killer-phrases rule is as guilty of killing forward momentum as the skeptic who flatly says, but that won't work. Both are conversation stoppers, but the no but policy papers it over, making it hard to re-engage later, resulting in the loss of a potentially practical idea. Like a Shakespearean tragedy, the no but policy starts in a state of positivity and ends in carnage after the main characters ignore all the signs of impending doom. Maintaining forward momentum. That's what we're after. So how do we get it? Stay tuned to The Two-Butt Rule for stories and cases on how we rescue One-Butt Guy and transform him from the villain of the story into the hero. This concludes the second issue of The Two-Butt Rule, Buttheads, by John Wolpert and Ashley Waters. If you enjoyed this issue, please consider liking and subscribing to The Two-Butt Rule wherever you get your podcasts or at johnwolpert.substack.com.